Inflation is taxation without legislation. Milton Friedman. Man's time here is finite, but the influence of a man is infinite. The question is what shall we do with the daylight that remains? What's up guys? Welcome back to another show. Are we going to experience inflation or deflation in the coming crash? Is this a recession or is this a Great Depression? We're going to talk about that in this episode. So I I keep following all these big dogs, right? Uh, Michael Burry seems to be prepping for hyperinflation and a massive crash. Uh, Harry Dent seems to be prepping for deflation in also in a massive crash. Uh, see, I've, I've heard less about Warren Buffett, but his moves seem to indicate he's been uh, more of a seller than a buyer lately, which means he's probably preparing to buy stocks after they drop uh, or trying to hedge his bet with certain types of assets that are going to crash, specifically banks. He's offloading a lot of financial assets, which... Um, Suggest he's also betting on a big crash. Uh, Ray Dalio has been very vocal about the fact that we are in a Great Depression. He's been, um, but he says tr- cash is trash. So he's like trying to diversify his portfolio to emerging markets with funds that may be uh, growing and, and taking over. So like Ray Dalio talks about, you know, short and long-term debt cycles and what's happened in history. Harry Dent seems to go on population cycles. And he says that, you know, we're a few years out from another big population boom. And that's on top of a few other things that are causing the market to crash. And then there's Kathy Woods, who has, I've heard both, but I think, I think she thinks we're going to see some deflation at some point. She agrees with a lot of the other people on like that we're in a bubble, but she thinks that certain markets are going to explode uh, while others collapse because we're in a changing uh, revolution, sort of uh, similar to like the industrial revolution or the tech boom, but now it's um, another one. So these people all disagree on certain things and what you're going to see as far as the financial assets go. Uh, but one thing that they all have in common is that we are in an extremely large bubble and that there will be some massive crashes. Just which assets, which markets, which sectors are going to tank. So I want to talk to you about deflation in this one. Deflation. So we could, I think, I think most people kind of understand uh, inflation. Like if the government continues to print money and send that money out into the you know, public hands, we sort of skip the banks, right? It's not a loan. It's just, uh, it's not a personal loan, I should say. It's a country loan, and then we just distribute it out to whoever we want. And if we continue to print money, that means we have more dollars in circulation, which means every dollar is worth less, right? You could compare that to uh, gold, for example. One reason that gold holds its value pretty steadily is because it's very difficult to get. There's not a lot more of it to be found or at least not at a fast rate. And so um, 
there's sort of just a slow trickle of new gold coming in. So it's like, you know, if gold was suddenly like as, you know, abundant as wood or paper, wood's a bad example right now, right? If it was suddenly as, as abundant as gravel, uh, you wouldn't, you know, people wouldn't be going like gold, this precious metal. Now, I mean, it does have some features to it that are nice, right? It doesn't rust or whatever, but um, suddenly it'd be worth less. But because it's a rare metal and there's not a whole lot more coming in at a rapid rate, it maintains a very steady value. So if we print more money, money become each dollar in circulation becomes less worth less in value. Deflation would be the opposite each dollar becomes worth more or can purchase more. Now, it's usually not in the form of, you know, we're taking cash out of the market, therefore the dollar's worth more. It's typically, we don't print as much money as, we don't print money as quickly as the economy is growing. That's one way to create a bit of deflation, right? The economy grows really fast, the dollar uh, we're not printing a ton of it. And so the ratio sort of shifts in the direction of the dollar is valued more. And that's also in comparison to other countries and other dollars and currencies, right? So if other countries are printing lots of their money, then our money stay, you know, sort of gets this deflationary um, effect. But what most people are talking about with deflation occurring in 2021 or 22 is very much attached to a declining market. But you might be confused about how could you get deflation in a declining market? It's just the opposite of what I said. Like, if we're not printing money as fast as a market's growing, there's deflation. But how then do you get deflation if the market is tanking? Well, here's how it goes. Okay, so let's just say Everyone, like we're in a booming economy, right? Let's everyone's selling things. Just think of how many cars or Teslas have been sold. The stocks are soaring, right? Let's just assume that that companies of every kind that produce, you know, manufacturers and, and vendors are selling a ton of product from cars and building houses to trinkets and toys, right? It's all being sold very fast. Well, once people start getting scared, maybe an event happens or just the indicators are getting too out of whack, people stop spending as much. Well, then that accelerates the decline. So one thing you got to remember, you could go back and watch my uh, kind of analysis of Ray Dalio's big economic machine, but um, how the economy works. Like one person's spending is another person's income. So there's this speed of money, right? How fast can the money that's in the bank get lent to a person, get spent on a product into another person's income, back to the bank, back to a person, back to spending. That's the velocity of money. How quickly does that circulate through the economy? My spending is your income, your spending is another person's income. Well, if we all of a sudden get scared or have a debt burden that doesn't allow us to buy anymore, or can't borrow money anymore, we stop spending. We restrict our spending, right? Start hoarding money. When people start hoarding money because they're wonder, they're unsure about the economy, it sort of stops it. The bank can't get access to it. The stores aren't getting access to it. The next person who used to rely on your spending for a bit of his income, 
can't get access to it, all of a sudden the economy comes to this roaring stop and it's really just frozen, right? Well, once that happens, the store says, you know what, manufacturers, I don't need any more of this because I got too much. And then the manufacturers stop producing. So then they lay people off. And then all of a sudden we've got this cycle of layoffs and people who not only aren't spending money, but don't even have incomes and they can't spend money. So then we just get this big gridlock in the economy. Tons of produce, products, services available, not very many buyers. So all of a sudden the ratios of supply and demand become really out of whack in the, in the direction of too many supplies, not enough buyers. And that gets crazy, right? Well, once we get to that point, people are just holding on saying like, man, the price of TVs dropped yesterday. They might drop again next week and next month. The price of cars are going down. The price of houses are going down. Let's just keep waiting, keep waiting, keep waiting. Now, all of a sudden, the dollar will buy anything and everything. You've got this deflation happening, right? So we're in this weird phase here in America where I think globally, but um, where the government's been printing money and, and a lot of people are saying inflation, inflation, inflation. Well, what if it happens that we drop so fast that we actually see deflation? So it's really hard to, to hedge your bet in this market, right? You could go buy real estate right now in a crazy booming market. And in most cases, I would say when everyone's doing it, that's probably the wrong time to try, right? To get in. Everyone's buying real estate. They're the housing prices are going up astronomically fast. And um, you, you know, if you panic and buy, you might have bought right at the high. However, if we're going to experience inflation, it's like, man, I would rather lock in a mortgage that feels like I'm overpaying for a house, but I'm getting like a you know, two and a half, three percent interest rate on that house, lock it in for a long time. Inflation may be in overdrive for the next decade and um, locking in a mortgage today will, you know, in 10 years, it'll feel like small beans. But if we experience deflation, lock in a mortgage right now, overpay for a house and housing prices drop over the next few years, you might be kicking yourself saying, man, I was betting inflation and it turns out it was deflation. (laughs) So it is a confusing time right now to try and bet on any markets. What I'm personally doing is a little bit of uh, a handful of things. So I I still bought a rental property, but I bought a small one. I put enough money down that I can reduce my, my rent significantly and still be positive cash flow. I'm buying gold and silver. I'm still keeping stocks in a variety of areas. Healthcare has historically done well in recessions. Now, I don't know about Great Depressions, but it's done because our healthcare is completely different than it was in the 1920s, right? So it's it's a little bit difficult to judge that. A lot of it is run off of government money. So there may be this you know security there that the government's not going to quit paying for people's healthcare. Who knows? Uh, I think some tech companies will do well because it's a cheaper version of the same business in a lot of ways, right? Uh, If you can eliminate warehouses and employees and do things with robots and trade online and 
that kind of stuff. I think those businesses will survive and thrive. Whereas businesses that are too uh, people heavy, warehouse heavy, you know, they have too much overhead. They're going to struggle and, and fall apart. So I'm going to, I'm trying to buy stocks that kind of follow those rules. Um, and there's a handful of others. I have a lot of stocks in a lot of industries, but as far as my weight, um, I'm shifting towards those things. So um, I'm trying to spread it out because who really knows what's happening here? It's crazy and a uh, tough, tough economy to, to bet in. But if you can not lose as much money as everyone else, you can really capitalize on this next big crash because that's when you buy things on discount and it'll come back. We really need to get this whole inflated bubble we're living in out of the way, get back to a correction type market, a reset, maybe a bear a, uh, a bear market, and then all the millennials will start hitting their prime spending years and um, we're going to have another boom. So we got to get this out of the way, prepare yourself, find a way to capitalize in the decline. So anyway, guys, I hope this helped uh, explain how we might see deflation and help you sort of navigate the inflation or deflation conversations that we're hearing. And um, appreciate you watching. If this gave you any, you know, help, please give it a like, subscribe, share, uh, help a wannabe YouTuber out. And uh, we'll talk to you guys on the next one. Adios. Hey, thanks for listening to the entire episode. As a token of gratitude, I want to give you a discount on my book, Ingrained. Head over to bronsonwilkes.com slash store and download Ingrained for less than a dollar with the coupon code GOALS, G-O-A-L-S.